What's happening, everybody? This is Ryan here with Scale Up Show. I have a special guest on today. I have David Farrell. David is an RVP of Venture, has multiple revenue teams underneath him. And him and I were talking because I know him personally and about effectively some of the biggest mistakes that sales people make, sales leaders make when trying to get promoted. He's been promoted probably eight times over his career. He does an amazing job at it. So what he does is he shares the exact formula how to do it. And then of course, I integrate how we could also leverage AI for this process, how to get you promoted, how it'll make you 40% more. So really, really different episode than we've done before, but highly, highly valuable that nobody talks about, especially on social or especially on other platforms. So I hope for you check it out and we'll see you in the episode. How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions and this show is the answer. Welcome everybody to the Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have David Farrell. David is the SVP of sales at Venture, which is a $700 million organization. It's been a personal friend of mine for decades, decades, which is weird to say, right? And today he is on, we're going to talk about really a couple of things like advancing your career, leveraging AI to advance your career, but also just overall advancement. And him and I were talking about this in a personal situation and he was enthralled about it because of the lack of information kind of around it. And so wanted to bring David on today to, to talk through because I thought it'd be very, very valuable for anybody looking to move up in a small, medium, or large organization. David, welcome. Happy to have you on the show, man. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Ryan. Appreciate uh, seeing you in such a formal setting. I'm used <laughs> to having these conversations with you uh, I, over a lunch. I can't believe I called you David like three times instead of Dave. I know. Like, you know, it's, it's just very weird. So... Yeah, um, appreciate it. I could go on for the whole episode about your intro and background, but I'm sure you're much more succinct than I am. So why don't, <laughs> why don't you give us a real quick understanding about like your backstory, kind of how you got to be yeah. an SVP of sales at a $700 million organization. We'd just love to hear that. So that you, the listener, has some context in terms of where he's been and where he's going. Yeah, yeah. I will I will say, I, uh, I think I, I might've got the S and the R wrong. I'm an RVP of sales. Oh, I apologize. Uh, not not the SVP. I don't want my SVP to find out and, and give yeah, me a phone yeah. call. That would actually go against probably what we're going to talk about today <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> promotability and uh, and how to move up with an organization. But yeah, I mean, look, I've been in uh, in sales as an individual contributor and as a sales leader, uh, as high as the chief sales officer and uh, third line leader with a number of direct and indirect reports. And um, and I think one of the things that you and I have talked about that I sort of identified was. Um, not a lot of people know how to navigate the waters of getting promoted within organizations. And I think uh, I, it's, it's hard to tell, but probably anywhere from six to eight different promotions that I've earned in different areas of responsibility over the past years. Uh, but I've been in sales for 24 years at this point and always in uh, that sort of burgeoning SaaS environment into what we have today. So excited to talk about uh, career paths with you. Yeah, ma'am. I mean, I'm ex- like, here's the thing. I, I, I think... This is something that you've done a much better job than than I have in the past. I I, I tend to go brute force sometimes, and you look <laughs> at it much more through a political lens. I mean, yeah. like to give you some context too on Dave, like 
he has folks that work for him and that talk about how much they love him. They try and follow him to his next organization and where he goes. And so like, he's done an amazing job of creating uh, not just, I should say, moving up the ranks himself, but also creating a team that really, really loves working for him. So just to kind of kick that off and give that, you know, some context, I guess, Dave, where do you think, like, if we're to look at this from a foundational level, what do you think yeah. is the single biggest or handful of mistakes that people make when they're trying to move up through the organization, specifically in, in, the, in a role in revenue and sales? Yeah, yeah, I think that, um, so you're, you're right, we do go about it a little differently. I think uh, I'm a, I, I try to just figure out how, do I, how can I help the organization win by getting what I want out of it? And I'm a little bit more delicate, I think, in situations <laughs> than you might be. You tend to be really, really straightforward. Um, and, you know, I, I think there's a few things that people do that sort of prevent them from moving up. And, and if you think about it, it's very hard to move past the perception of the person that they hired, meaning that if you've been in an organization for five, six, seven, eight years, mm -hmm. they still tend to think of you as the person they hired with the resume you came to them with. And as you're getting these, uh, as you're landing accomplishments, as you're improving yourself, it's hard for people to see that if you're not advocating for yourself. And so I think what we, what we should talk about today is really just how you advocate for yourself how do you make sure that people recognize the accomplishments that you have, how your resume grows internally. And um, I think it starts with really just finding a mentor. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been something that served me really well is finding either an internal or external mentor, someone that's uh, career path ahead of you that maybe has the role or has been in the role that you want and set aside some informal time with that person on as much as a biweekly basis, I'll tell you, I'm a, a, a mentor for, I think, about three people within my organization. And initially, I sort of thought, hey, that's that's flattering to be asked. Really appreciate it. Do I have the time for this as a as a mentor? And I found that I've dedicated way, way more time than I thought to it because I get just as much out of it uh, as they do. And so I think one of the first things that people fail to do is just follow the path of someone that's already done it and take their advice. Instead, we're going down every path that we can imagine and just hoping it's the right one. Yeah, I, I think that's great, man. I, and I love that. So how do you go about step one, acquiring a mentor, mentor, right? And then we can get on the mentee yeah. side too, because there's a lot of value in that. And in retrospect, that's probably something I should do more of, right? But like, what, what would you say is like foundational to acquiring a mentor? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say I'd say first and foremost, look at the skills that you have mm -hmm. and look at the skills you don't have. So, you know, you and I just talked about how you you might have gone about things differently than I have in my career. They both served us very well. But maybe the fact that you are so straightforward in some circumstances and really cut to the chase, maybe that's a skill set that I feel like I could do better with. Mm -hmm. So if you can sort of identify maybe some of your skill gaps or personality traits or styles that uh, might not be serving you that well and figure out somebody within your organization or even externally that's done a really nice job in their career of, of uh, progressing in that manner, I would just give them a call. I would shoot them a note and I would just say, hey, Ryan, I'm, I'm someone that really respects what you've done in your career. I, I, I've seen you accomplish these things. And I would just love if you might have some time to be a mentor for me and share some of the things that you've done and maybe how you've handled situations. 
Um, and I don't think I've been told no to date when I've asked somebody to be a mentor. Um, I don't think I've told anybody no either. And, and the framework that they've asked of me has been a half an hour every two weeks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you, if you really think about even personally, professionally, you've got a half an hour every two weeks for somebody. And I feel like that's our responsibility too, as leaders. And if people that have been in the business world for, you know, 20 plus years is to help people see around those corners and help them navigate uh, the things that they might not have. So, so as an example, one of my uh, folks that I mentor said, you know, I see you in these really challenging conversations. I see you going through organizational change and leading us through change and just the way you speak about it and how you handle uh, maybe not necessarily conflict, but just change management is something that I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of people do, and I don't know how to do that. And I would love to get that from you. And so we, him and I just sit down, we have these sort of informal conversations where he, he will bring me challenges that he's had over the past two weeks. He'll bring me things that have come up that he's just curious about or something he's seen me do. And we just have a free sort of forum conversation about how did I get to decide to do that? How did I, what were my other options? Um, I'll give him, you know, assignments. I see your, your bookshelf behind you, right? I'll give him books like crucial conversations that I've read that I felt have helped me uh, you know, grow my my sort of skill sets, and then he'll read those. And our next topic is, hey, what did you get out of the book? How how can you apply it? Are there situations that you have? So I think just finding that person with either skills or experience that you don't have that can plug gaps that you have will help you just round out that that sort of career for yourself. Okay, I think that makes a lot of sense. So so like. Let's talk about you, for example. So you're a leader now, yeah. right? You have a fairly large org that that works underneath you in, in multiple different groups. Like, who do you look for as a potential mentor? Like, what kind of traits are you looking for? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking for... So I'm looking to scale myself, right? I, I'm leading about, you know, uh, three divisions, 25 different uh, indirect reports that, that roll up to me. And I'm looking to level up to 50. Mm-hmm. So um, I have somebody that, I, that I've worked with in the past that I call for advice. And we, I don't think we've had the official, like you're my mentor, I'm your mentee conversation, but he knows that I will text and call him with different situations or questions because I think he's led organizations as high as 500 employees. So you're looking, you're looking for someone that has been there, done that, right? Been there, done that. And I always tell people I've done everything wrong and I've done everything right. And sometimes in the same decision, and so I'm looking for people that have that can tell me through their experience, hey, you know, this is how I would do it. Or what's your plan, David? And I can say, I'm, this is my plan. Okay, well, have you thought of this? Have you thought of that? What if this happens? Really get me to think sort of uh, creatively about the outcome of what I want to achieve. Hello, this is Ryan here. Real quick, if you are enjoying this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a comment or review. If you want more help or just want to learn more about what the top SaaS CEOs and founders are doing, check out my website at www.ryanstaley.io. Join my newsletter, check out other free content resources I have there, and let me know if you want to scale your business. Now back to the episode. So in, in terms of like, let's, let's move this forward a little bit. Like, all yeah. right. So you start to acquire skills, you get a, a mentor, yeah. right. And you start to understand that. And 
let's talk about the end game and then I want to get into some of the underpinning details, yeah. right? So like when you effectively implement this, you know, you you get mentoring, you upskill through that, you basically yeah. understand how to self-advocate, right? And promote yeah. yourself and what you're doing and organizationally, like what are the results that you've seen as a byproduct of that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think if you're if you're someone that is um shoring up your deficiencies, right? Or shoring up your gaps, then you become someone of value to other people and other people will seek you out, um, whether it be colleagues or whether it be, um, you know, people that you report to for everything from advice to problems to projects. And as you take on more projects and you're successful with those projects, that leads to more and bigger and better opportunities. And, you know, I interviewed somebody uh, yesterday and, and, and he had asked me, hey, how, how would I get promoted there within your organization? And I said, you've got to do, you've got to have, a, you've got to be successful in what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? So first and foremost, we're in sales. You got to be hitting the number. When I talk to your colleagues, are your colleagues saying, we, that person's running their business the right way? When I talk to your partners in operations, are they saying that's a person that, that gives us good clients? It sets the right expectation. And when I, as a leader, think about promoting somebody, I want a team of Ryans. If I'm like Ryan's the guy, mm-hmm. then I want eight more Ryans, then I'm, then I'm promoting Ryan. So the end game should really be adding more responsibility into what you're doing um, to progress your career. And then I think depending on, the, on why you're leading, one of the reasons why I lead is I like to bring people with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it gives me great joy to hire somebody, watch them progress their career and then promote them, uh, from within and then just continue to sort of build uh, a, a leadership following. I think that's, that's, that would be my end game. I think everybody's a little different. Um, but if you're looking to get promoted, it's that added responsibility, um, getting new projects and then basically moving up the ladder as, as you see fit. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So what do you think the opportunity is, especially with everything that happened in 23? We're recording this early 24 with yeah. um, the wave and, and the innovation of AI. Yeah, I, I think, you know, and listen, I didn't invent this analogy, but, you know, when the Internet came out. OK, so I remember I was selling services uh, that were phone in services. You would call in and report your payroll back in 2000, 2001, 2002. And the Internet came out. And um, or, or the Internet became a thing for our for my industry at the time. And a lot of people didn't know what to do with it. And I think there were some companies that very early on adopted the Internet as a tool to scale and as a tool to create efficiencies. And, and I really see that with with AI. Um, there are people out there right now that are I mean, you, you do a ton of studies on AI. You, you just put out some great stuff there that are really using AI to solve problems and I think that people within organizations that latch on to this new tool and use it to create efficiencies, they use it to level up their skill set, they, they use it to, be, uh, to maybe run a better process, right? How can I, how can I go from uh, a list of unknowns to a list of customers using AI? How can I expand my outreach? Those people are going to get attention within organizations because you have others that are sometimes so busy doing what they're doing they don't have time to kind of reach out and explore. Yeah. And I think if I'm somebody in an organization and I can find a way to leverage AI for myself to, uh, to be a better whatever it is, right? Pro- data processor, customer service person, salesperson, um, people are going to notice because my results will naturally right. improve and increase. 
and you're going to get questions about it. And I think becoming a thought leader and an expert in a topic, those are the people that get promoted. You know, your, your CEO, your CFO, your CSO, your C-suite got there by making decisions, by probably taking bold action, making decisions, and those decisions paid off for them. If you're not making decisions, if you're not investing in yourself, if you're, if you're letting you know, new technologies sit on the sidelines, that, that's where you're going to be sitting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've made that mistake in the past where I get too much, too much tunnel vision. Uh, when I was in, you know, previous, when I was a revenue leader, just on hitting the number and building the team that I ignored everything else, which has its upsides to it. Right. But at the same yeah. time, <laughs> there's a lot going on that I could have taken advantage of or tapped into. And I see a lot of revenue leaders doing the same exact thing. I had actually like a CRO of, of a company that had like a hundred million in funding. They're smaller. He's like, hey, man, I, I wish I was doing the AI thing like you, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I wish I knew more about that. I'm like, it's not that hard, man. Like, um, you know, let me, <laughs> like, it literally takes two hours of, of one day and you'll be a master at it or start to be, yeah. go down that path. And like, even, and I'm looking at this, right, because it's on my desk, but Amazon just did an AI skills report and they did, they assessed basically almost like, I think it was almost 1,400 companies and 3,400 people. and the big takeaway, there's two big takeaways I had from that. One is it was essentially, it was close to 84% of companies didn't know how to upskill and enable their team in terms of leveraging AI. And yeah. it was like almost the same exact matching percentage on the employee side saying they didn't know where to find it, right? Yeah. They didn't know where to do that. So that's step one. The other thing that was really interesting is most people are just like, hey, this is just for, for coders or developers. And... Within that study, they identified like what are the top positions that if they had AI skills that they would pay more. And it was it was really interesting because marketing and sales was the second highest. And yeah. they said if you had AI skills, they would pay you 43% more salary. Right. So think of it, you're making 100 k yeah. that's 143K just because you took the time to integrate that into what you're doing versus someone else who hasn't, right? So, well, and I, I think that's a great point because I think a lot of employees wait for their employer to give them the skills that yeah. they need to move up within their organization. But most employers aren't doing that. Most employers are making sure that you either, they hired the skills that you bring to the table and they expect you to maybe perfect those skills or, or be better but there's not a lot of like future forward thinking training that's happening. So if you're telling me that, you know, 84% of employers would pay more and they wish their employees had it and employees are saying, we wish we had it. Well, they're obviously the employers are not giving it to the employees. And it goes back to that, go out and get the skill yourself. Yeah. Right. If you're waiting for your employer to give that to you, you're going to be glommed into everybody else in your category. Yeah. But if you're standing out, if you're sticking out because you're someone that's gone out and acquired these skills, and you found a way to do your job better and improve the organization through AI. I mean, just fast forward 15 years from now, I think we're going to be speaking about AI the same way we spoke about the internet. Like, could you imagine doing your job without, the, we're doing this on the internet, right? Could you imagine doing your job without the internet? In 15 years, it's going to be like, how the heck are we doing our jobs without AI? So the early adopters, they're going to go through some bumps and bruises. And I, and I think it is a big concept that can be you know, kind of scary and daunting to people, but uh, just boil it down to what you're trying to accomplish and, and find some people that have those skills, right? Who's the thought leader in AI and how's that person using that tool to go out? If you can get those and bring them within your organization, I think 
I think it's going to be game changing for you and, and it could be for the firm. Well, it's funny because there, there is there's someone I was working with and they're getting acquired from like a really, really big fund. And he's like, hey, I think this he knows it's happening, right? Because it's in process. And he's like, I really want to understand this and be a thought leader in my organization. So when we get acquired, I could magnify the opportunities and bring value to the organization while also being looked at as a leader in this space. Yeah. And I feel bad for the guy because he kept getting shot down when he tried to pursue this and he was very creative in how he handled it because security is like, Oh, well, we can't do it because of security. Like it was just yeah. like that generic, yeah. like security objection. Right. Whereas yeah. like, yeah. I think, the, I mean, they even show studies too, where it's like 63% of people are using, even their employees say they can't or employers say they yeah. can't. Right. Yeah. So people don't give a shit. Like it's like jumping on the internet. Um, obviously you, you got to have acceptable use, right. And not yeah, dispose sure. or expose company information that's proprietary. But like the, the funny thing is the company that would not was like, Hey, we can't, you know, cause of security. One of the guys that was saying this, I'm like, you know, that the content you have on your website has been scraped and it, it was used to train the model. So like, <laughs> like, and like he, he was like shocked. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of misconceptions like that because, like, literally now it's so easy to do. Like, I, by nature, I am not a technical person. I'm yeah. heavy enough, but like, I taught my daughter how to do it, who's 11 in 15 minutes, and she can create amazing graphic art now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that's what's wild about it, man. So let's get back on the career path because, um, yeah, yeah. So, what are other elements of your formula or framework that? you would kind of identify and then I'd like to yeah. summarize it too. Like if you have like a framework of like hit these five things or four things. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we talked, we talked number one, I think it's definitely the the internal uh, or external mentorship. I'd say number two is got to be that um, become an expert in your field or just invaluable, that sort of thought leader, that person that takes bold action, grab different projects, involve yourself uh, in as much as you can volunteer for things, right? That's that's not something I mentioned before, but uh, we're rolling out a new technology, one that I'm familiar with within our organization from a different, from a past live, and it's new to my company. Mm-hmm. And I've every time we talk about it, I raise my hand. I say I would love to be involved in that. I'm happy to help. How much time do you need? Um, I'd say the other thing that people uh, need to do is is just get some construction constructive, brutal feedback in some instances. I, I think a lot of times managers are overburdened. Frontline managers are overburdened. They're overworked. I mean, at one point I had 16 direct reports as a leader. I was just drowning oh, yeah. in it. I don't think anybody That's got insane. the best version of me at that time for sure. Um, I was just putting out fires. Um, but uh, sitting down with uh, with your direct report, your, your, your direct leader, and getting constructive quality even brutal feedback will absolutely make you better. And that's also another version of that sort of self-promotion because what does your, what does your leader see from that? They see somebody that's looking to improve and they see somebody that's putting action to shore up any sort of gaps that they have. And um, I think, again, either managers don't know how to do it without hurting people's feelings, right? Uh, they're too busy or they're too scared to do it. So just sitting down and being sort of safe with them and saying, hey, you know, help me out. I'm looking to I'm looking to get promoted. I'd love to take over. When you get promoted someday, I'd love to take your spot. Um, but I'm, I'm certain there's some stuff that could be holding me back. You know, what's my professional reputation? What can I do to improve? 
and then actually do it. So, so way back in the day, you, you know this, I was a radio DJ uh, in college, right? And, uh, and one of the things that we would do was every time that I hit microphone on, it would record what I was saying on the air. And I would have to bring those, they were tapes back in the day, right? I would bring those tapes into my, uh, my music director, uh, Jeff, and Jeff would listen to those and he would just gut me. I mean, it was brutal. The things that you say that you are like, oh, that was really smart and funny. It sometimes was <laughs> not very smart and funny. And, but he, he took me from an overnight radio guy that they only trusted to be on between 12 a.m. and 6 a.m., to someone that they would put on during drive home and drive to work. The, the two busiest times Money with the heaviest listeners. Oh, and, yeah. and that was because he was just giving me absolutely brutal candid feedback. And I took it and I improved. And, and I'd say, get that constructive feedback, but do something about it. I've had a lot of people ask me for my feedback and then not put it into action. It's kind of worse than action asking me than, than not asking at all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's a good point. I mean, it's hard. And that, like, here's the thing now, like, as you were saying that, I'm like, you know, like a good question. If I went back in time and I was looking at developing, I would ask like, Hey, like, what are like, I'm have aspirations to do this. What are my blind spots in making that happen? Yeah. You know, like, what do I need to work on? You know, what do I need to lean into more and what do I need to like do better at? Right. To, yeah. to do that. So that's maybe a non-threatening way to kind of like ask that question to someone. Um, Cause there are, it's funny, dude, there are some leaders that won't give direct feedback, right? Like, and That's scary. some people like sides. it, some people like it and some people don't, but at least you know where you stand, right? If you, if you get it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think, I think it's, I, I think you nailed it when you said blind spots. Um, how do, how do I know what to correct? How do I know what my reputation is if I don't ask? So I would I would implore people to ask. So I think probably number three is just getting that that sort of constructive feedback. I think the other thing, and this is another area where conceivably AI could could help you out, is I do think you've got to promote and advertise your accomplishments, you know, within sort of the organization um, or things that you've done. So if if you landed a new client, uh, if you uh, increase the customer SAT score by X amount. You know, there are sort of cadences and sequences that you can build within, you know, the right AI tool to help you push content out there. And I think that's a big, you know, what, what am I going to write about? What am I going to talk about? Who wants to hear from me kind of stuff? You got to really put that aside and think, you know, what am I doing that other people could listen to or take value from? Are there, are there trainings that I could write leveraging an AI tool? Is there a sequence that I could build? Can I, can I turn what I do into a process or a formula and make sure that you're getting credit for that. Um, you know, I had, I had somebody sit down with me and, and um, I had to remind them that our little division that we were running at the time increased results by 300% in the year and a half that I took it over. They were just looking at where it should be and fair, right? We were, we were on our way there. I'm like, hey, just remember where we started a year and a half ago and where we are now. Um, if you're not having those conversations, you're effectively allowing them to sort of, again, think of you as what you should be or what you were when you were first hired. And I think it's really important for you to find a way to, um, to document, to track, to train uh, people on what you've done and, and make sure that they recognize your progress. 
I think that's that's so critical, man. Like I had to do that because like it's not natural and it, it might might sound weird of me saying this because I have a podcast and I put content out, <laughs> but it's not natural for me to like self-promote. Like it never yeah. has been and it almost feels it feels really awkward, even for me to put like testimonials or case studies up, right? Like yeah. I've kind of gotten over that. But but one of the things out of survival I did when when I started a, an enterprise team is I'm like, hey, like the CEO was like getting on my case and you, you know who this guy is right um yeah great things some good things about him some not so good things about him but anyway yeah i digress um so the cool thing about it though is like or not the cool thing but what hit home of what you just said he's like hey we um we we're not closing any deals yet we're further behind blah blah blah, blah right and i'm like yeah. i'm like do you realize we're having conversations with like 20 billion dollar companies i'm like the largest company we talked to before was like a hundred million. Like, do you realize how much progress that is? And then I keep pointing him to pipeline, you know, versus yeah. revenue. Cause like it, you know, enterprise sales take long time to, to get those yeah. from a cold start. And so like, it was something that was like critical for my survival because then I was, then he started a, like the light bulb when I was like, Oh, this is, this is happening. This is moving in the right direction. Right. So I think it's yeah. a really strong point of what you said is it's like they're measuring you versus where they want it to be versus like, hey, look at how much progress has actually happened. And so that's good for anybody listening. I think it's a really good point. Yeah, it's it's if you're not tracking your progress, if you don't know your data points, shame on you. You've got to know your where they were, where you are, what you're working towards. We're always, nobody's ever done, right? We're all we're all still improving. Yeah. Um and you know, I had I had a similar I had a similar story when I was an individual contributor. We used to get leads from a telemarketing team, and my you know AVP sat down with me at the time, and he said, and I was I think stack ranked number ten out of like two hundred in the company selling, and he said, "We're taking these leads away from you." I felt like I was in the Glen Gary Glen Ross <laughs> leads, right? We're taking these leads away from you, and I'm like, "Why are you Why are you taking my leads?" Well, because you're not closing them. And I said, okay, um, do you have a list of the leads that I haven't closed? And he, to his credit, pulls up this list of 30 leads. And I went through and out of those 30 leads, I had only actually met with two of them. Mm -hmm. So the other 28 had canceled, had never shown up to the appointment. Nothing ever happened. There was no sales motion, nothing for me to close or sell. And of the two that I had, I think one was in process and one something else, right? And I said, okay, now I want you to pull up the stack rankings of closing percentage in our organization out of these 200 or so people, where am I stack rank closing wise? And I was in the top 5%, right? And so I'm like, okay, so what you're telling me is because 28 of these appointments were bupkis, nothing happened, were fake. You're going to pull the rest of my leads from one of your top closers. Does that make any sense to you? And he was like, you're right. You're keeping your leads. <laughs> right? So, and then I'm like, well, now we should talk about quality of leads because I'm getting crap yeah. leads. So if you don't, if you don't know your numbers, and you're not able to sit down in front of somebody and sort of prove what you've done or advocate for yourself, then those decisions are going to get made without you. Like that CEO could have made a decision very detrimental to your career based off of incorrect data points or feelings. And and I think we want to be in control of that. That's such a good point, ma'am. Such a good point. There is definitely truth in the data, and you have to own your own numbers. So. Unfortunately, David, we are up on time. Where yeah. can people find you? Where can they find out more about you? And then we'll wrap this up. 
Yeah. So look, I don't have a podcast. Uh, I'm, I only, I do self promote, but uh, look me up on LinkedIn, uh, David L. Farrell. Again, I'm at venture. It's V E N S U R E. I'm a, I'm a sales leader uh, by trade, but happy to give out advice and, and chat with folks as needed. And thanks for having me on Ryan. This was a, that's always a great chat. Oh yeah, man, it was a blast. You know, we could talk for hours on whatever. <laughs> what maybe we'll maybe we'll do. We gotta. I don't know. We will do some different formats. I'm I'm like going into the uh, the lab actually over the next few days yeah. and like looking at the formatting and the things that I'm doing with the show and really looking to take things to the next level. So, but it was awesome having you on, man. Appreciate it. This is a yeah. topic that I don't think gets discussed enough, and there's a lot a lot of value for those that listen and actually implement it like we talked about. Mm, I like that. I see what you did there. Thanks for having me on. So yeah, thanks for being on and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you for checking out the Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.